Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Abu Dhabi is Emeka Obiora. Emeka is Vice President Ethics and Compliance at NMC Healthcare. And today we're going to be talking about healthcare compliance in the United Arab Emirates. Uh, Emeka, first, thank you for taking time to talk to us. Thank you for having me, Adam. It's a real pleasure to be with you. It's a real pleasure. And I'm really interested in hearing your perspective. Healthcare in the U.S. is very idiosyncratic, and it's always interesting to see how things are managed and the fact that there are compliance roles there. So with that, let's start with how is healthcare structured in the UAE? Okay, well, that's an interesting question. So I've come from the U.K., so used to a national health service. So coming out here, it's quite different, probably a bit more similar to what you have in the U.S., um, it's very uh, private insurance based um, and we, we have here in the UAE, we have the public sector um, hospital providers or healthcare providers. Um, they, they usually cater mostly to um, the local population, the Emirati population, although uh, expats are allowed to go to those hospitals as well. But the vast majority of healthcare is provided in the UAE by a private sector, a very large private sector. Um, it's insurance-based, so all um, uh, expats are required to have private insurance. Actually, since the um, since March this year, it's become law that all Emirates are required to uh, ensure that um, uh, healthcare insurance is provided for all expats, whereas the local population um, healthcare is funded by the government under what's known as a teacher system. Interesting. Now, how are compliance programs structured generally there? Do compliance programs typically follow the seven elements approach found in the U.S. sentencing guidelines and other sets of guidelines globally? Uh, if not, how, how do you structure them? So speaking more generally about uh, compliance programs, not just in healthcare now, but in the UAE in general, you'll find that there are many compliance professionals who come out here have international experience from, from large organizations uh, in different parts of the world. And the favored um, model for building a compliance program generally sits or, or fits closely with US federal sentencing guidelines um, elements of a, an effective compliance program. But there are other models um, which uh, compliance programs generally follow. So there's an, an increasing number of uh, of companies that are following the ISO 37301 standard of 2021, uh, my company, NMC Healthcare, being one example, um, but it still builds in the, the generally accepted um, elements of an effective compliance program uh, uh, that, that you're familiar with in the US. So how is the regulatory regime structured over there? So um, out here in the UAE, you've got a, a two-tiered approach. There is the federal regulation, um, which covers the entire country, and that's um, governed by the ministry. So all, all federal regulations around licensing, etc., and standards are set by the uh, Federal Ministry of Health um, and Prevention. That covers all the emirates. And then each of the seven emirates beneath that has its own set of, um, of regulations. So you've got the Department of Health in Abu Dhabi that uh, quite strictly governs the way we do business here or the way we operate. Uh, in Dubai, you've got the Dubai Health Authority, Sharjah Health Authority, and, and other Emirates have their own as well. They typically focus on the finer detail and they expand upon 
the, the federal um, uh, legislation uh, set out by the Ministry of Health. So, for example, um, you, you would have a requirement for all healthcare professionals to be licensed. Um, specific licensing requirements will be set by the individual healthcare authorities. So, what are the major compliance risk areas? I mean, in the US, there's obviously a lot of specific laws, EMTALA, Stark, all the False Claims Act. What are the big risk areas that organizations face over there? So, apart from the licensing issues, right? So, ensuring that, you know, think about it, the UAE is a melting pot of different cultures, um, people from different countries coming here to practice medicine. They all have um, different education boards. Uh, and, uh, so, you know, standardizing all of those um, profession, professional um, practices and, and experiences into a, a single coherent licensing structure is a bit of a challenge here. So, so one of the biggest challenges is, is making sure that everybody is able to, uh, all of our clinicians in particular, are able to um, uh, qualify to practice here, you know, to, to align themselves with local uh, licensing standards. The other area I found, which is you know, two areas actually I found, which are quite um, uh, risky areas, are uh, the risk of conflicts of interest, um, clinicians in particular, um, uh, and the relationship between them and and, and pharmaceutical companies and and, and other uh, uh, providers of, of healthcare equipment, etc. So managing those sorts of of, of, of risks are, are quite important for us. And then data privacy risk is is another um, important risk area for us. We've recently had um, an improvement, an upgrade of, of some of our privacy laws here in the UAE, um, and 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 this is an area that. Uh, healthcare out in the UAE is, is, is beginning to come to grips with as a, an important risk area. Well, privacy in its many forms is a huge risk area. I want to go back to one that you mentioned, which is the conflict of interest. I mean, that's a risk that's in many countries, you know, of how to allow enough contact between pharma and medical device makers and physicians so that the doctors are properly educated, but not so much that these conflicts of interest are created. What's the general approach to this issue in the UAE? So, most you'll find that most uh, healthcare providers out here um, will restrict the contact between um, vendors of this nature within the healthcare sector and their clinicians by ensuring that all uh, communications go through a central um, function within the business. Uh, my company, that, that tends to happen through um, the procurement team in particular, um, and also in, in individual hospitals through the administrative um, department, so the, 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 um, the general administrative structure within the, um, the, the hospital unit itself. So you know, direct contact with our clinicians is prohibited, and you know, we tend to shepherd the, these uh, healthcare providers directly to our administrative functions. Um, in order to uh, promote their their products and their services as well. Let's say hypothetically, a healthcare compliance officer in the U.S. or, or just any health compliance officer in the U.S. were to hear this podcast and gets the travel bug. What advice would you give to them uh, who may be approached about a position in the UAE or decide they want to pursue one? 
Well, I think the first thing you've got to think about is, um, do you have a sense of adventure? I think that's the first thing to think about. You know, you, you're, so the, the first thing, you know, making a move from your country to the UAE, the very first thing you've got to think about is your family. Is your family ready to make the move out here and, and, and live? I mean, there are many misconceptions about life in the UAE, and most of them are wrong. Um, the second thing to think about as a compliance professional is have a look at the, the, the organization that is asking you to join them. Look at the governance structure. Understand or, or try and find out by questioning them very carefully, the, the people who are interviewing you or approaching you. Question very carefully about their approach to corporate governance um, and, and their, their approach to ethics and compliance. Ethics and compliance is not necessarily as, as advanced as it is in, in Western countries, but it's important that uh, the tone at the top is set before you join. Um, the other thing to think about is um, what sort of access will you have or, or will the compliance team have to very, the most senior levels within the organization? Very important questions because this will go directly to your efficacy as a compliance professional out here in the UAE. Um, there is, having said all of that, there is a, a growing trend towards stronger ethics and compliance within health sector within the UAE. Um, there, there is greater emphasis on accountability and, and corporate conduct as the UAE um, pursues its, its strategic objectives. Um, you find that in healthcare regulations, um, particularly on areas like conflicts of interest, which we checked, which we talked about earlier. There's a lot of regulation coming out in those areas. So, yeah, I, I think the, the most important thing is, is make sure that your compliance um, efforts will be supported fully by senior management before you come out here. Yeah, that's, that's the most important thing. And I think that's advice for any compliance officer looking at any new position. So one last question, uh, going back to something you just said, that there's a lot of misconceptions about living and working in the UAE. Can you give us the top one or two? Of course, yeah. Um, that, that's a very big misconception. Um, uh, sorry, so there, there are a, a lot of misconceptions about uh, moving or living out here. One is safety. Uh, many people who've never been to the region have this feeling that the UAE is, an, is not a very safe place uh, for um, non-locals to live, and that's completely wrong. Um, the UAE is, is one of the safest countries in the world in which to live. It's an excellent place for you to bring up your children, and in many cases it's safer than in Western countries. So that's the first thing. The second thing I find amongst uh, female colleagues um, before they come out is a concern about the amount, the, the amount or level of freedom they'll have when living out here. And again, you know, uh, a misconception is, is that they, they will be quite restricted in what they can and can't do. It's not true at all. Um, you have a lot of freedom living out here. There are many uh, uh, female colleagues who live out here either with spouses or on their own as well. And um, you have the same freedoms as you would have back home. So those are two, two main misconceptions. Yeah, and I'll just echo the fact that, you know, what you said is what I've seen firsthand. And uh, a lot of people will ask me still, even though I've been going to Dubai and Abu Dhabi for years uh, for the association, do you ever get nervous? And I just say no. Well, Emeka, thank you so much for sharing these insights with us today. I want to thank, thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletaub from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.